0: This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong and coming up on Vancouver Consumer, is RRSP season a myth? Our guest this hour will answer that question and a bunch of other questions about all sorts of things pertaining to your financial health. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. Are you getting COVID vaccine advice from your chiropractor? Health experts say if you are... You should take it with a grain of salt. Jason Bussey is an associate professor with McMaster University and a chiropractor himself. And he says chiropractors aren't qualified to give vaccine advice, but many still provide their patients with information, which he says can be harmful. He says studies find up to 15% of Canada's 9,000 chiropractors subscribe to anti-vaccine beliefs. And Bussey adds that many chiropractors who are already against vaccines, often find more support in what he calls echo chambers. In 2019, the Canadian Chiropractic Association declared, quote, vaccination is a safe and effective public health practice for the prevention of infectious diseases. And in that same statement, the association encouraged chiropractors to refer all patient questions regarding immunization and vaccinations to a health professional whose scope of practice includes vaccinations. BC Wines are winning more awards, this time on a national level. BC Wines just dominated at the All-Canadian Wine Championships, with BC Wineries taking home four of the top prizes. There were 1,365 wines submitted into the competition, all vying for one of 50 awards. Dark Horse Vineyard's 2016 Red Meritage was named the best red wine of the year, while the best white wine of the year went to Wild Goose Vineyards, 2020 Gewürztraminer, Grey Monk Estate Winery's Odyssey Rosé Brut was honored with the title of best sparkling wine of the year. Meanwhile, Forbidden Fruit Winery took home the title of best fruit wine of the year with its flaunt organic sparkling plum. In total, BC Wineries won 202 awards. Ontario's Peller Estates Winery was also a trophy winner, taking home the best dessert wine of the year for its 2019 Andrew Peller Signature Series Riesling Ice Wine. Nothing, though, I noticed for the Wayne Gretzky Estate Winery. I keep seeing those wines in the liquor store. And uh, apparently it pairs very well with the Yari Kuri Merlot. Vancouver City Council announced more details this past week on a pilot project to turn a stretch of Granville Street downtown into a vehicle-free promenade with patios, public seating, with art and live music. Uh, Council says it'll take place Saturday and Sundays for six consecutive weeks starting next Saturday, a week from today, with setup starting at 8 a.m. and teardown completed by 10 p.m., that's 14 hours of no personal vehicles, including taxis or buses, able to travel through that area of Granville Street. The potential cost for the street closure and other city-related services is estimated to be about 100 grand and change. Good to see Johnny Canuck back in the Lower Mainland. This week, the Vancouver Canucks' American Hockey League farm team in Abbotsford was officially given the same name as its NHL parent club, The Abbotsford Canucks will also feature Johnny Canuck as its primary logo. He's the lumberjack looking dude with a toque holding a hockey stick with uh, a little bit looks like he might think it's an axe. Canucks chair Francesco Aquilini said in a statement that the Abbotsford Canucks will be an extension of our history and a new identity for fans in the Fraser Valley to embrace. And finally, fans of the pop singer Harry Styles superstar Harry Styles were very disappointed this week when Harry canceled an upcoming concert tour for August next month. Uh, If you don't know who Harry Styles is, you obviously don't have a teenage daughter. He became a solo artist after shooting to fame as a member of the boy band One Direction. The concert was set for Rogers Arena in Vancouver on August 16. I can't really blame Harry though. BC's guidelines wouldn't allow a big concert like that until after step four which doesn't happen until September. Plus travel across the border is a sticky wicket as well. I'm Martin Strong. This is Vancouver Consumer coming up. This is RSP season. Well, actually it's not, but according to my next guest, it might as well be because he believes the RRSP season is a myth. Peter Shisheke from Everything Financial Group answers all those questions about your financial health when we come back. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And with me now is Peter Sasheki, the founder of Everything Financial Group, the Everything Financial Group. You can find him online at everythingfinancial.com. You know him from CKNW. Uh, hello, Peter. How are you?
1: Doing well, Martin. How are you doing today?
0: Very, very well. So uh, we want to talk financial health for people. And uh, we're going to concentrate right now on RRSPs uh, because uh, you like to sort of burst some of the myths of RRSPs. And one of the myths is, well, it's not RSP season. What are you talking about RRSPs now in the summer? Uh, RRSP season is in January and February. Um, so what what is your feeling when people say, oh, it's uh, RRSP season?
1: Well, Martin, uh, yeah, I have strong feelings, right? I'm a, I'm a bit opinionated about this. Um, <laughs> there's no such thing as RSP season. RSP season, as a friend of mine once put it so eloquently, she said, RSP season is like Valentine's Day. It's an artificially created time of year to jack the price up on things. Valentine's right. Day, it's roses. Try buying them the <laughs> day before and see how cheap they are, and then buy them the next day. It's like, oh. You know, this is where you should just go buy flowers and someone says, why are you buying flowers? Because it's Tuesday and they're cheaper. So <laughs> RSP season, worst thing you can do is, for a couple reasons, and, it, and it's really pushed by, you know, there's an agenda out there by some big corporations, we know who they are, to really set the frenzy on purchasing that last week or last few weeks of February into the first day, depending on the year of March, it's like, oh, I got to get RSPs, I got to buy them, I got to do it. And the problem is you don't put proper planning and proper tax strategies into play and you buy more RSPs than you probably need. And I have a saying out there that tr- and my whole purpose is trying to educate people and go out and ask your registered financial planner these questions or whoever you deal with. And one of the big things is just because you can buy RSPs doesn't mean you should by RSPs. Right. And and that all happens with RSP season. Um, you do proper planning all year long instead. Yeah. Let's talk, just let's
0: go back a few steps because I think a lot of people don't realize they, they see the deadline. When is the deadline for RSPs? It's March,
1: March 1st, March 2nd, February 29th on that magic year. It's kind of like 60 days after the end of the year. And it just depends, though, on when the first falls, right? Like, if the first falls on a Sunday, they're going to give you to the second. Um, right. But, I mean, if, if anyone's never sure, it's easy to figure it out. You know, we got this thing, the, the the Internet and this Google thing and all these other search engines just go, what is the deadline for RFC season? But traditionally, if you tell yourself last day of February you're going to be on time by a day or first day of March, you're going to be right in line. But – This should be done like today, like end of June, July. Figure out your planning and figure out what you need and have a plan in place that you go, because RSPs really are based on two things. What do I need as part of my planning for retirement? That's great. But more importantly, RSPs are a tax deferral. So what do I need? How much tax should I defer this year? and really what fits into my income, because RSPs should first and foremost be based around your income, not around retirement, which I know there's people listening going, what the heck is this lunatic talking about, not (laughs) retirement. That's, and remember, I'm not saying they shouldn't be based on retirement, I'm saying that's second. Taxes first, which whenever you want, we can get into that too, so lots of different things for you to chew on.
0: Right. So, so a lot of people think that, uh, well, it's the, it's the deadline. So I, I have to buy my, my RSPs just before the deadline, but you can actually invest in an RSP for that year at any point in the year. And, and your that money is sheltered and you're actually, uh, making money that is sheltered at the beginning of the year. It's not, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, here's the other thing too. It's, it's it, the only thing you're waiting for is the refund or, and technically not really a refund it's tax savings, which means you're saving on some of the tax you otherwise would have paid because some people don't get a refund and they buy RSPs and go, well, what the heck was the point of this? No, you just wouldn't have owed as much in tax. So, so getting a refund does not mean you have a good accountant or a good financial advisor. Getting a refund means you just gave way too so much money to the government in the first place. So, Start early, but if you're not really sure what to buy in RSPs, because you're trying to build a proper tax strategy, there's other ways you can do this that will lead you into RSPs later in the year. My whole thing is trying to make have people make the right decision, but also trying to give people flexibility in their decisions. Don't paint yourself into a corner so all of a sudden you've bought RSPs and you realize, Oh, maybe RSPs wasn't the right thing for me this year.
0: Right. So, so as a general, I mean, obviously uh, it's not a one size fits all thing. So speaking in generalities is probably not what you want to do, but if you are making a lot of money and you are in a high tax bracket, then generally that's the time you should be buying RSPs.
1: Yes, and that's the time, that's the time though, too, because BC is insane. We have like 8,065 tax brackets, not quite that much, but tell me, trust me, when you see right. the list of tax brackets, when you combine BC with federal, you go, what's the point of this? Like, it's crazy. And here's the thing, and I'll give you an exact example to the penny. Had a gentleman come in who was a listener and loves the shows on CKW, and he came in last year, a new job that he had been into, and fortunate for him, never really done any financial planning of any sort, never really done any RSPs, and he's in an extremely high tax bracket. But he was given a huge bonus at the end of the year. And he said, well, now's the time to buy RSP." So he came into our tax department, and he said, let's throw, I got a $50,000 bonus, let's throw $25,000 into an RSP. I haven't done anything yet. We did the numbers. Great decision by this individual because the $25,000 gave him an $11,300 refund. Like that's, wow. you know what, you spend 25, you got 11 back in your pocket. That's, that's pretty good money management, wouldn't you think? You're making good money there. You almost got 50%. That was awesome. And he said, wow, well, I've got everything else under control. I'm making good money. Let's take the other $25,000 of that bonus, throw that in as well. And heck, now I'm going to have over 22, 23 grand somewhere around there and, you know, money back in my pocket. I've only really lost half my money. We put it in the computer his $11,300 refund went to just over $11,500. It increased by 200 bucks, because, and here's the thing, remember I said earlier, Martin, just because you can buy RSPs doesn't mean <laughs> you should buy RSPs. He dropped himself down so many tax brackets, he was almost getting nothing back on that second 25000 And here's the big thing that's been pushed for over 30 years, and I've been doing this a long time by those big companies, the banks we say. It's all, it's, oh, and even accountants will on and say this, but it is getting better. Wow, heck, you're paying 40%. Look at this. We can drop your taxes down to 28. And you automatically get all excited thinking, wow, I'm only going to pay 28% tax instead of 40. But let's look at that a completely different way, not from a sales commission way of making you buy more than you need. I look at this in a different way. Wait a minute. It's hard to earn money, right? We've seen this through recessions and through 08 and through... The crash during the pandemic and many other times where the markets just go in the toilet. It's hard to make money. So, why would you follow the mask? Why would you give away 12%? In other words, if you can get 40 cents back on every dollar you deposit to an RSP, why would you over contribute in the sense of putting yourself into a 28% tax bracket and only get 28 cents back on every dollar? Buy enough, mm-hmm. like it's it's a real simple thing in, in money management and financial planning or anything like that, just sayings in life. Ever heard of get the most bang for your buck? Well, I'd rather make forty percent of my buck going into an RSP right off the bat through taxes than make twenty eight percent. And the key is if you make forty percent and you do proper long term planning, you may pull the money out of an RSP later on. At a 28 or even better, a 20% tax bracket. That's the tax deferral. That's how you really make money on an RSP. But if you buy an RSP and you're one of those lowest two tax brackets, what are you actually saving when you pull the money out? Heck, you could be in a higher tax bracket. So one thing I tell people is, RSPs are the last thing you should look at if you're in the lowest tax bracket. First thing would be a TFSA, because in the lowest tax bracket, 20%. You're really not saving anything, especially if you're young and your income's going to go up along the way and you're going to keep making more money. Let's wait till you're making the bigger bucks to buy the RSP and really, as I said, get some bang for your buck and really get a good refund or, or a good tax savings out of your money.
0: Right. Peter Sasheki is uh, giving us some good advice. He's the founder of the Everything Financial Group. You can find them online, everythingfinancial.com. They've got locations in Langley, Victoria, White Rock. Uh, you can also give them a call the old fashioned way. one 424 4421 And we're talking about, uh, RSPs and how to maximize an RSP. And like you say, uh, it's not for everybody. RSPs are not for everybody. And you just mentioned the TFSA, the tax free savings account. And, uh, that, might be, as you say, a better option for someone who's not making the big bucks, who maybe is younger, maybe just starting out. Is that, is that kind of a generalization? Does that work for the TFSA? That is, a good ge-
1: that is a good generalization, but I do have a little bone to pick with TFSAs, and, and, I, and I get flack on this, but let's keep it really clear for people if they're listening. We'll play this back. It's called a tax-free savings account, and the problem is since they've come out is you you go into the the big institutions and you see the signs. Oh, get 0.1, well, now it's it's ridiculous. Get 0.15% on your TFSA. Get a quarter point on your TFSA. And people are using the tax-free savings account as just that, a tax-free savings account, which is okay if your goal is short-term savings. You're saving for a holiday or you're saving for your car insurance next year or something like that. Okay, I buy it. That's a good thing. But let's look at the real the real bones of a tax-free savings account. What's really built inside it? The tax-free savings account, the idea is you never pay any tax on the growth in that account. So if you're not going to pay tax on the growth in that account, how much tax are you really saving by getting 0.15% on your savings? You're not even saving enough tax for dollar drink days at Mickey D's. Like You're saving nothing. You won't even buy a triple macchiato latte, whatever the heck they call it, you know, like your favorite coffee <laughs> shop with the tax you're saving. So I actually refer to a tax-free savings account. My acronym is a TFIA, because there's not enough acronyms in financial planning, right? Tax-free <laughs> investment account. So if it's not a short-term goal and you truly want to get tax savings, you can use your TFSA, or as I say, TFIA, Invest it. Talk to your portfolio manager. Tell them that it's a long-term saving strategy, not pulling the money out next year if that is the case. So you got to remember, you got to go by what your goals are, and invest it like an RSP. And here's the thing: you can make a TFSA part of your long-term retirement planning. You're still making money in it like an RSP, and then. When you decide you need an RSP because of that income situation we just talked about, move your money from your TFSA over to your RSP. Now you've earned the growth tax-free, ah, and then you've put in the then you've put the money into your RRSP and got a tax refund. Man, now, that oh man, is, you just stuck at the CRA twice. does not that give you a warm <laughs> fuzzy feeling?
0: I love that. Well, let's let's uh, when we come back, let's talk more about I mean this is genius the way you can work one with the other, the TFSA and the RRSP. We're talking to Peter Sashekis, the founder of Everything Financial Group. Uh everythingfinancial.com is the website. Locations in Langley, Victoria, and White Rock. You can give him a call, one triple eight. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and we'll have more great financial advice with Peter Shishecki when we return right after this. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And with me now, we're talking uh, financial health with Peter Sichecki, the founder of Everything Financial Group, everythingfinancial.com. They've got locations in Langley, Victoria, and White Rock. And uh, Peter, I I asked you, you know, what's your title? Are You're the founder, the president, and you said uh, chief cook and bottle washer was how you referred to
1: it. Yep, yeah, man of all trades. I mean, master of none. No, um, we're really a team in everything financial. Where the, the the guys and the girls at the office have nicknames for me, and and we kind of laugh because they know I hate nothing more than boss, president, grand poobah, like all these <laughs> funny things they'll say. Because we are truly a team. Because in everything financial which is a little different from a lot of places, not every place. I know some colleagues of mine are trying to do the same thing as we've done. There's no commission salespeople. Everyone works, everyone is involved as a team, like a family, in everyone's plan. So you don't have to worry about someone shoving a product you don't need down your throat because we're not product salespeople. We're truly solution salespeople. Everyone is building the Omni Formula plan, which is our proprietary um, plan for people to, you know, lead them down the road, and as we say, it's really, it's, uh, the the Omni formula is our proprietary system to lead you to a work-optional lifestyle, and that's what we want to do for people, is educate them, not push product they don't need down their throat, just give them solutions to their situation, and that's what's so much fun about it, because every person, every couple, family, individual that comes in, it's like putting a financial health puzzle together, and it's a lot of fun, because the process is the same, kind of like building a big math. it's always put together the same, but you know the result always for us is just a little bit differently which uh, different which is a lot of fun a couple of
0: extra pickles just for that extra pizzazz something like that
1: anything we can do to have people do what's what i refer to as the work optional lifestyle is great and that means enjoy life when you're younger and maybe you start maybe you might still work till 65 or 70 in some cases some people just want to work but guess what you start retiring a little bit every year maybe at 35 with the extra big holiday. You know, I'll, I'll give you this, Martin, and because I've done it with my wife. It's a lot easier to climb Machu Picchu and hike it when you're younger than probably, and I don't know because I'm not even close to 65 or 70. Unfortunately, knock on wood, good health and everything else. But I just thought when I did it was probably a lot easier to, to hike it back then <laughs> because I was healthy. So that's the idea is do things when you can join them because – Sadly, and I've been doing this for 31 years, which, yes, I did start when I was about six. We'll just leave it at that. Um, You just never know when uh, tragedy or or health or something's going to strike. So start early with your plans so you can enjoy yourself because, as as the pandemic has shown us, you just never know when something cruel can come your way. And, And with that, I'll just tell you this, and then we can continue on. The people who got ripped off the most from the p- pandemic, and I'm not talking from a health standpoint; I'm just talking about just from the world standpoint, because the health things are their own tragedies, is people who just retired. Just think about it: you wait until 65 to retire, you might have 10 years, 12 years of good health, of lo- you know, a lot of travel you want to do. Right. You might have just lost 20% of your retirement travel, and there's a reason to start those things earlier. If, if not, if the pandemic didn't show us anything, it's live every day. You know, you don't think it's going to be your last, but you never know. You don't want to think right. negatively and pessimistic, but, but build a plan. And, and I, this is what the whole point is. I encourage everyone, when you talk to your registered financial planner, build those extra goodies into the plan every year, not just into your retirement years.
0: I love that. That is uh, that's the kind of advice you get at everything financial group. It's not just money, it's <laughs> they're not trying to sell you all these different products. And that's something we should talk about, about commissions. You said there's uh, non-commissioned sales staff. Because I think a lot of people have had very negative experiences with things like our, our um uh mutual funds that they realize they're paying a huge annual fee or a percentage. And and Talk about fees and how fees can ruin a financial plan.
1: Well, they can. They take away from your future earnings considerably. And that can be a couple percent a year, even if it's a percent year. And I get, I get this, uh, you know, I get my share of nasty emails like everyone does because haters are going to hate and the, the bankers don't like me. And here's the misconception. Everyone thinks I hate banks because I'm always going on about fees and, and that's my, you know, I've, I've become known for that and trying to call them out. It's not that I hate banks. It's not that I hate the advice. It's got nothing to do with it. It's not even that I hate mutual funds at all. I'd rather just people just save, some sort save, do something to get ahead. What I hate is the inequity and the lack of disclosure. And as a registered financial planner, and one of the reasons I went on in life and and worked at attaining this designation and did the education is because as a registered financial planner, you have to disclose everything. And one of the reasons... Every fee, everything you get paid, you sell an insurance policy where you do get a commission, that's fine. I, I don't begrudge anyone making money. That's, they're working hard for it. Just tell people about it. If there's built-in, embedded, hidden fees, tell people what those fees are. Be be true about it. And I saw this example with someone uh, a few weeks back where they said the gross return on their mutual fund was it was eight, almost nine, call it 9%. It was close enough, let's give, you know, benefit of that out there. But when you did the math on what they put in, what it's worth, etc., the return was just over four. Well, it's not nine, it was four. Where'd the money go? So that's one of the issues I have. And so what I did years ago, and I was no so different. I, I was in the business doing financial plans and using mutual funds as the investment solution. I was doing that. I, I didn't you know that was the way it was. But then what I did over 10 years ago is I found out, thanks to a, a great guy, Jason, in Ontario, about portfolio management, or as it's called, the investment council planning model. Now, back in 07, 06, you pretty well had to have a million dollars to invest your money that way. Well, now, it's become the norm. We, we invest clients' money that way from their first $50 and up, and the difference between the investment council planning model is your advisor is, get, is not giving any securities advice, no investment advice. They may be advising you on, you need this much in an RSP, this much in a TFSA, et cetera, et cetera. But the portfolio management company is actually managing the inner parts of the actual portfolio. They're the ones who choose what investment. So as I say, the advisor builds the plan, the portfolio manager puts the structure of the investments, the underlying investments into the plan. And you know, Martin, what the best thing is about this? Is that? Portfolio managers are fiduciaries in Canada. They have to disclose every single penny of the fee. And guess what? They're on your statement. My gosh, what a concept. Every <laughs> fee on your statement. And here's the best part, by far, because you know I'm a bit of a tax fund where I love to save money on taxes. And this was one of the main reasons I moved this way 10 years ago, over 10 years ago now, is on what we call non-registered or taxable investments. So that's just cash-type investments, not an RSP, not a TFSA, not an RESP for your kids, etc. On those investments, the fee is 100% tax-deductible. And those fees generally are around 2% all in and I'm talking, I'm talking everything, but they're all disclosed. But imagine a 2% fee. Oh, wait a minute. And you get to write off that 2% fee and you're in a tax bracket of say 40%. Well, guess what? Now you're talking like 1.2% after taxes. That's just more money in your pocket. So you could be talking sometimes, not always, but sometimes 2% savings, 3% savings versus the, the same idea in a mutual fund. Here's the funny part which people don't know, and it's just not it's just not told and, and spoken about. These portfolio management companies, which are amazing, they actually build a lot of the so called mutual funds. So they will do what's called institutional investing. They will build a portfolio, the bank will buy it from them, rebrand it, redo this, redo that, add on this, add on that, all different logos. And suddenly, instead of the 2% fee or the 1.5% fee or whatever it is, maybe you're paying a 4% fee because it's got the bank logo or it's got the what's called the segregated fund, the insurance company logo on it or something like that. Why not cut out the middleman? I'm like, where you go to Costco, right? Cut out the middleman, buy in bulk, go directly to the source, and put more money in your pocket. Because I always say, and I believe this wholeheartedly, it's your money. You have to watch your money. Yes, you need advice. and Yes, you need guidance. But in the end, it's your money. You decide how to spend it. You decide how to save it. It's up to you. And all you need to do is get the education. And that's the whole thing is informing people, teaching people to ask the questions about their money that they never even knew they were supposed to ask. And as I said, if you're more comfortable with your bank or whatever the case may be and you want to go there... I have no issue with that, but I do have an issue with sometimes the lack of explanation. So my job is to teach you to ask the right questions. And then if you're happy with the answers, more power to you.
0: Right. So get your questions and go to everythingfinancial.com, the Everything Financial group. We're talking to Peter Sasecki, the founder of Everything Financial. They have locations in Langley, Victoria, and White Rock, you can also give them a call. one 424 4421 And I don't know uh, about other people, but for me, especially when I was younger, when I would hear words like portfolio manager uh, and even the word financial group, it's kind of intimidating. And the question yeah. that that people always ask is, how much do I need to make it worth, they're, they're always worried about your, your time, like to make it worth your while. How much do I need before I call everything financial group?
1: 50 bucks. So it doesn't I don't know how it, to spend on that, Martin. 50 bucks? Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing is that we've been able to develop over the years is making these relationships and these referral agreements with, we have multiple portfolio management companies we use, we do disclose it to a client, they all pay us the same. So it's not like if we recommend company A over company B, it's because they're paying us more money. We have to put it in our letter of engagement, what we're gonna make. The difference is we have companies who are for just for that, the people starting out. And starting out is fifty bucks. We have a company who specializes in these type of investments that CRA says you have to have a million dollars for these certain type of investments. I'm not going to, that's a whole show unto itself, but that it's not that a company is so arrogant and pompous as you must have a million dollars to deal with us. No, it's to do a certain type of investment. You have to have the million dollars to do them. So we have a company for those people. And then we have a company for kind of the people in between the just starting out and the million, well, obviously well, that's a bulk of clientele is, um, And then I have a company we use for clients for Americans. because I know you said we have the three offices and we're talking in Vancouver, but we also have a fourth office in Scottsdale, Arizona, where we deal with strictly American clients. So I do deal with Americans, but also a lot of Canadians who end up working down in the States too, um, where they have money in their RSPs in Canada, but they also might have money from their current position in a 401k in the States. So I have to help them kind of merge these two plans together um but yeah 50 bucks to start out is where you need to be you know you have to be you just basically but but we deal with people who come in and we'll start working on a plan and they don't have anything yet so that's allowed and and our job is okay where's the best place for you to start but i have a right. philosophy number this from my dad um so that if you ever get too big that you're turning people away you think they're not good enough for you or not big enough for you time time the sun you hang up you know Hang it up and stop, and and that's the philosophy. And and he was good in his business. That I just I just don't turn people away like it. And if we can't help someone, and that happens, they're just not in that right spot. We'll point them to where I'll give the business to another company. I'll point to them where they need to go. That I think it'll be better for them because I want people to get the help. It's it's it's. It, I mean, it sounds like I'm you know preaching but I I truly I've been really fortunate and our company's been really fortunate we have a lot of great family which are our clients you know we have our team which is family but our clients and a lot of them do become like family and there there is I you reap what you sow and there's something to be said for paying it forward and and I've I've got someone I'm dealing with right now who's just got such a good long-term relationship with this bank and I'm doing the plan for him and he's going to pay us separately to do the plan and he's going to keep the money where it is because he's just got such a good relationship. And I just gave advice like, well, maybe you should just ask him about doing this, doing this, doing this, because it's going to save you some money on your taxes. And he's he appreciates that. And you know what? What goes around comes around. That's kind of the best way to say it, I guess. And that's the end, a good way to put it. Yeah, if get educated thank- on it and positive, then that's a good thing. If you come up with something positive, then ne- nothing's ever a waste.
0: Peter Szycki is the founder of Everything Financial Group, and uh, you are a fountain of information. Always fun to talk to you. Uh, Everything Financial Group, you can find them online, everythingfinancial.com. They've got locations all over the place, Langley, Victoria, White Rock, and uh, even in, uh, in the States, one 424 4421 Well, thank you, Peter, and uh, have a great weekend.
1: Thanks, Martin. Appreciate it. Anytime.
0: Coming up on Vancouver Consumer, it's Duly Noted with Benjamin Dooley, all about the return of the cruise ships. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Our thanks to Peter Shiseki, the founder of Everything Financial Group. You can find them at EverythingFinancial.com. They have locations in Langley, Victoria and White Rock. Uh, the phone number is one triple eight four two four 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 two one. And uh, as we just heard from Peter. Uh, You don't have to have a million dollars to to get a hold of Everything Financial Group. Uh, He says as low as 50 bucks. It's all about getting into a plan, a financial plan. And that's the key. It's not about how much you have, but it's about how much you put away and starting as early as you can. And that's why uh, Everything Financial Group is uh, a great place to start. Everythingfinancial.com. And coming up, if you're doing some home renovations, uh, you want want to listen to my next guest, Graham Hugay is the founder of designbuild.com. They're the house design build team. They've got some, uh, some webinars coming up this Thursday. It's home improvements and renovations. And we'll hear all about that. Plus coming up uh, right now, it's Duly Noted and the return of cruises getting back on the high seas. Here's Benjamin Dooley.
2: Thanks, Martin. The federal government is lifting the ban on cruise ships in Canadian waters earlier than originally planned. The federal transportation minister announced on Wednesday that the prohibition of cruise ships put in place because of the COVID-19 pandemic will no longer be in effect as of November 1st if operators are able to fully comply with public health requirements. The changes open the door for vessels to stop in Victoria and leave from Vancouver for the 2022 Alaska cruise season. The cruise ship industry, which contributes more than $4 billion to the national economy, has been asking Ottawa to provide clarity on when ships can return. The sector also directly and indirectly generates approximately 30,000 jobs in the country. But there are still concerns over legislation in the united states that if passed would allow cruise ships to bypass canadian ports currently legislation is in place on a temporary basis allowing ships to depart seattle and head directly to alaska the federal government has not determined yet if cruise ship passengers must be vaccinated to enter canada and has said it will make the decision closer to ships returning Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has been consistent in saying that for now, the goal is to only allow fully vaccinated travelers into Canada once the border restrictions ease. The Greater Victoria Harbour Authority says the announcement today gives cruise lines and ports in Canada the time needed to prepare for the full resumption of cruises. Cruises contribute more than $130 to the Greater Victoria economy alone, and it is responsible for more than 800 jobs locally. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted.
0: Thank you, Ben. Coming up on Vancouver Consumer, if you're doing a home renovation, you want to listen to my next guest, Graham Hugay from My House Design Build Team is next.